Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. Hey, Talon. Hello. How are you doing, Josh? And hello to all of you listening at home. We're so glad that you joined us. We hope you're all staying warm. <laughs> yeah, wherever you are. It's wherever you are. For well, now. It's everywhere. Like, right. Right now, I think like I was watching something where someone in the Yukon, it's negative 40, and the Midwest yeah. is getting hammered, and poor Buffalo is under like 12 feet of snow. I don't know. Well, my uh, brother-in-law, uh, he's outside of Dallas, and his pipes froze. Right. So they had to get on there take care of that. I'm I have... sure that the, the uh, state-level government will take care of all Absolutely. of its citizens as far as heating is concerned. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And they'll... Maybe they'll take a vacation to Cancun. Yeah, or maybe to the vice president. Not to get political. Yeah, too late. No. Um, let's begin the adventure. Let's begin the adventure because <laughs> horrors and fantasy are worse than horrors in real life. Right. Or better. Right. Better than Right. That's horrors. why we go to Estra. We go to Estra to get away it's, it's better, yeah. from the real world. Yeah. So, yes, Estra, welcome to the, the jungle shrouded in mystery with beasts around every corner clawing their way through the dark, shadowed canopies that overhang mysterious, eldritch, mutated forest, where every sound could be a creature waiting to leap out at you and devour your whole. Right. Oh, you're reading the January 6th committee report. Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> see, they did it again. <laughs> there, okay. That's it. All right. <laughs> Apologies to everyone, but not yeah. really. No, not totally. <laughs> Okay. So yes, if you were listening last time, we talked through our revergence mechanic a little bit mm -hmm. and uh, finalized our ideas about that, slapped it into a document that's on our website, and now we rolled a D4. We did. We we, did. we, was we looked at four different monster concepts, as right? As democratic as possible. It was. We <laughs> did. Well, <laughs> right, okay. No, it's okay. Fate, fate chose. Fate chose. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yep. So we looked at the idea of a demented fairy, if yep. I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, demented fairy. A possessed mad toy yep a um a battle cat-esque creature yeah i called it the horny cat the horn yep. cat the horn cat yeah and a a demon squirrel creature yeah. and the d4 chose the mount what we hope what the, we the hope idea well i built one day be a mount i built with so my ideas that i brought built with that in mind almost exclusively sure pretty much that's it so 
Well, that'll be good to take into account. So yeah, we we are we rolled a three on the d4, mm-hmm. which means we are going to be doing our battle cat, yep. horn cat, talon cat. Talon cat sounds really cool. I don't know something about it that really rings true with me. Yeah, I bet it would. Yeah. So well, Josh cat doesn't have quite the cat. No, but <laughs> the talon cat. Well, wait till you hear the name I was talon using. Talon cat. Wait, I can't wait now until we get to my placeholder name. Oh wow, it's pretty funny. All right, so we're gonna start the adventure of talking through. Uh, how we're going to design this monster. We're going to create it. And like like everything else we've sort of been approaching with this, we're going to approach it from a, a story point of view. Right. So so that's like all I did. I'll be honest. That's, that's what I'm perfect. bringing to it, is essentially only story. That's all we want. We okay. want story elements. We want narrative elements mm-hmm. that then get translated into mechanics. Right. But in the spirit of the podcast, I didn't uh, grammar check it. I'm going to read it back. <laughs> so I'm going to trip over it because I want to make it seem like we're doing it on the phone. Uh, well, hey, perfect. I literally sat down. I was like, "Well, I should, re- you know, I should go through and proofread this." I'm like, "No, I'm going to do it no. as I read, you know, because we'll proofread it before we put it into the, the sure. document." Now is not the time. Now is just for random. This is the the the. the never mind. Skip that. I got nothing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you think I'll cut that out? Yeah, I will not. That's fine. Keep it in. I'm going to destroy the myth that you are a hundred percent the suave, yeah, thoughtful talker quite, that, that is you the myth that, 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 that is the myth that's going around with our 35 listeners. <laughs> hey, those those are dedicated, yeah, no, and it's dedicated fans and we love them. I know. The, we do we have really true. The people that are into this podcast right now are actually quite dedicated. Yeah. You know, the ones that we interact with ask questions regularly. Even, you know, I don't even tell you some occasionally my out-of-state friends, they send message. What does this mean? And I'm like, okay, mission accomplished then. If we get one right. other person that's like, tell me more about this guy. I love you know, that. Yeah. I, we should totally have Aaron on one time. I really mm-hmm. feel like that'd be a great guest. Here's a random person who knows nothing about Dungeons and Dragons. Let's hear what she has to say. Yeah, but sits in Let, her We car. should make a monster with her. We yeah. should make her make a monster. That would be hilarious. Yes. Wouldn't that? Yeah. So when we create a monster, we do. We start from the narrative elements. So we're, we're going to tie it to the world of Estrock. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk a little bit about this the, the, uh, your concept and maybe some of my ideas for this right. concept for this monster in the world. We'll pause for possible a possible random encounter, which might tie into our monster a little bit. Okay, and then we will continue maybe jumping into translating some of those story ideas into maybe some possible mechanical ideas. Yeah, we'll see. Where this will take us a couple episodes to get through a monster because yeah, we're so. going slow and steady. Yeah. So, all right. What just out of curiosity, I mm-hmm. think we should just like a legal argument, like a legal document, like. Yeah. Here, you know, f- from here on, referred to as. So, okay. what are we agreeing on to call it for the rest of the episode? Because otherwise, we're going to get hella confused. Oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to avoid that period. But <laughs> my filler for what I wrote was blade courses. I mixed cat and horses together, which was hilarious. I know we're not going with that, but that's what I have written in here. <laughs> I just love the idea of calling them courses. I. It was easy because I I. I, I Despite my own personal rules, I spent too much time sitting there. What's a cool name? And I'm Googling and I'm it's guessing. Hard. And I'm Googling oh and I'm guessing. Every time. And, I'm, and then I was like, well, fine. They're like blade, court, cat horse, courses. They're blade courses. And so I, I literally, in this, will refer to them as courses, but with all seriousness, not as if it's not just a filler. Okay. Well, so blade courses <laughs> is better than horny cat. Well, yeah. It's at least feels more mature. Okay. Somewhat. <laughs> Well, I mean, Horn Cat is the right. real name. Horn Cat will always well. Okay, so even without you saying it, Horny Cat was uh, born into the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. that was just going to happen. No, Horny Cat. It took less than it, it, we did, we as the creator couldn't even get a couple seconds sure. into it before doing it. Right. So. Exactly. All right. So the blade courses. We'll just call them courses. Wait, I well, should we call courses. it a blade course? Blade court. Sure. We. I just call it courses for short most of the time. 
Oh. Because <laughs> it's a cat and a horse. It's, it, it, it's like, horses sound stupid. So it's <laughs> 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 with courses. And we didn't want to call it a hat. <laughs> <laughs> right. That doesn't work either. <laughs> Exactly. This is the listening. This is the this is the this is the content that our listeners. I do are love here the for. idea that everyone in Estrac rides a hat. <laughs> but okay, whatever so, we want is fine. so. But we do have an understanding that we are talking about a large jungle cat. Well, yeah, I and mean, it's, it, at its core, a large jungle cat. Right, because the original one. I mean, we did mention this one way back when, and I have. It's been constant since we started coming up with this stuff. Right. And it was, you know, we had had Battle Cat in mind because Battle Cat is cool. One of the coolest pop culture mounts ever. Yeah. It's just awesome. You ride a giant tiger. Around. Okay. So re- remind me because you have mm-hmm. you have a much better memory for this. What is Battle Cat's name when he's not Battle Cat? Uh, and technically, it's cringer. Cr- it's cringer either way. Cringer. Strictly speaking. Yeah. I mean, his name is Cringer, and just because he comes Battle Cat. Battle Cat doesn't seem, well, no, they never really clarify it to my knowledge. I mean, I, I do find that, obviously, I love, I do find that I love He-Man, but I'm not a lore, mm-hmm. deep lore guy. You're, you have a, a Battle Cat toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does yeah. it say Battle Cat or Cringer, or does it say Cringer slash Battle Cat? Well, it says Battle Cat, and to my knowledge, they've never made a Cringer toy. Because the Cringer toy is just Battle Cat with the helmet off? But are, well, no, because in the you know, in the cartoon... Does he get bigger? In the original cartoon, he is a small, cowering animal. Just like Prince Adam, he gets bigger. Except for Prince Adam doesn't get bigger in the cartoon. He looks yes, exactly like Correct. He-Man. Correct. As buff as He-Man. At least that's how we were always supposed to believe it. Yeah. I never understood that. That was Cringer, one... Cringer gets fully transformed. Okay. That's my favorite thing about I think about the Kevin Smith He Man is that, that yeah. Prince Adam is is yeah, he's scrawny. A, yeah, he's like a yeah. yeah. And He Man is not. That cool. We get a transformation there too. Yeah. Cool. So back to it. Courses. Mm-hmm. Courses. Not 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 chores. Not, not chats. Not cats. Not chats. Yeah, uh, are a large jungle cat in Estorok. Mm-hmm. They are native to Estorok. Yep. They thrive and hunt in the verge. Yep. And they can come out of the verge. Yes. They are not Iliastrian creatures, right? So they don't have. If they have any magical abilities, which we haven't decided yet, right? It is not due to a mutation effect from mm-hmm. Iliaster, which means that a coarse chorse hat. <laughs> course oh is God, this Just is going to be course, great. So a coarse, yeah, a coarse is not able to advance someone mm-hmm. on the reversions chart. Right. Unless it has the Revergence template put on it, which we actually haven't finished a Revergence template. Right. Well, you know, and when I get to my stuff that I wrote down, I kept the Revergence thinking and mechanic because I remember we had talked about that. So it's in my little background, uh, you know, kind of. Um, you kept it in the back of the. Back I, kept, of your I, I keep it in there. It, it's kind of at the forefront of them somewhat. Okay. Ish. And that's great. Yeah. All right. So you said you spent some time coming up with a story. Yeah. All well, right. not really a story, but like a, it's. Well, it seems more like an entry in a manual. Okay. So, and I built off of, let me see if I can read. Okay. So, for generations, traveling the verge has been treacherous at best. Speed and adaptability have always been key. Ironically, walking the verge is generally best done on, is, is generally the best option. Because though speed is crucial, adaptability becomes far more vital. The verge is, after all, always striving to reclaim anything and everyone around. The more time in the pure verge that you spend... Uh, the more you have to basically fight back against that tendency of the verge to grab you. Um, uh, of course, there are numerous creatures that have adapted to live in this savage environment. Early travelers and explorers in the verge often encountered large cat-like creatures known as blade courses. <laughs> um, giant cats that roam and hunt the verge. 
Uh, blade courses have been observed moving rapidly through the treetops as well as the ground. They were generally avoided, but over time, uh, an observation from numerous travelers, they noticed that courses avoided humans and very uh, few recorded attacks ever occurred. It wasn't until the establishment of Point Reach University, which we if, still haven't officially I don't know if that's named. really a thing, but that's what I called it. Well, I referred to the university several times in the right, other Right, so document. I just called it Point Reach University. It's going to be the center of learning. Right. So. so it wasn't until the establishment of Point Reach University that consideration, that consideration, cons, wow. consideration, consideration, thank you, a word I wrote down and spelled correctly, um, of domestication as amount was even considered. Scholars formalize anatomical observations of the creatures at this point, removing some of the superstition. Most scholars um, would, though, admit that an astounding amount of the incredible stories of the beasts were accurate. Uh, courses are rapid mounts bred for varying purposes, size, color, and patterns. Um, courses get their name from their razor-sharp protrusions from their face. These blades are generally associated with, uh, with their head, chest, and front legs. Um, the blades effectively allow the giant cats to move um, quickly, well, move through thickly grown verge, shredding the brush as they charge through. Uh, most passable paths through the wilds are actually reclaimed blade course hunting paths. Oh. Uh, recent evidence <laughs> suggests that the settlement of Last Call itself was built at least partially on a path of a court uh, of. Uh, on the path of a large course migration and possibly a stampede. Most scholars agree that courses rarely fear anything enough to cause a hysterical a hysterical stampede, so maybe that's not a thing. Uh, though, no, though not obvious from a distance, an up-close observation shows that nearly every bit of fur on a course can become weaponized if provoked. When it feels it is in danger, the course will spike up its fur outward like a wary cat, However, in the case of courses, the hairs of the fur form a near solid, sharp point that can blunt attacks of small weapons. When observed, um, when observed at rest, the telltale primary leading cutting blades on their heads retract inside their thick, sinuous neck muscles. Courses uh, have large front and back paws that include a larger, stronger, quote-unquote, thumb. This thumb, this thumb includes a claw and is a more prehensile mobility than a typical cat. And that's what I have. All right. So I have some questions. Sure. I love that, by the okay. way. That's great. The the So you have this idea that they cut through the jungle with with blades that come from their head. Sure. So they protrude out from their yeah, face? Yeah, like in front of them. Yeah. So is it basically a giant cone of shame that they can extract and retract, or retract and extend? Well, I mean, it doesn't... I didn't really think about that. I mean, not really a cone. It's just... I would have to draw it. That's that's where I ran into This is trouble. where we run like, into problems, right? Yeah, because I could draw it and it looks neat. Okay, cool. It, it's a neat looking thing where they basically are, they can move with speed while these things that protrude, that can protrude, almost like tusks that I'm thinking, I'm almost seeing them as oh. tusks that can come out. Because I my original, that was how I originally envisioned mm -hmm. when I was thinking about our giant cat. I wanted right. it to have um, like curved forward tusks. Yeah, and then those. I also wanted it to have a horn. Like okay. a rhinoceros. And all of those things are possible. So, so yeah. So it would, yeah, it can almost like bring them, you know, bring them in. And then, you know, so it's not, so you can actually, because the idea if there were mounts is I wanted them to be something that you could create like, like a relationship with, I guess. Right. And if they constantly have these pointy things sticking out all the time, it's, you know, not as cuddly, you know, which is more cuddly, a horse or, or, or like a cow or mm -hmm. a bull. Right. And maybe they don't, they, maybe they don't have to be cuddly. Right. Well, I also wanted that to be an option, but that's, that's why I left them open to breeding, I guess. Mm -hmm. My thinking was you can breed them like dogs, okay. all these different variations. There's do you, mm -hmm. do you see the courses, the mm -hmm. blade courses, <laughs> as being an alpha predator, um, an apex predator of the verge? Boy, you know, yes and no. Okay. Because, I mean, yes. 
because I, I do see them as the most capable natural beast. Yes, they are the most capable natural thing you are going to find in the Verge, is my thinking. Here's a question, just mm-hmm. on an unrelated... Well, no, it's actually very related. Okay. related. How So if the Verge is constantly um, reclaiming mm, humanoids mm-hmm. that go into it, intelligent creatures, yeah. and some animals get layered with Revergence templates, right. why don't others? How come some animals can live in the Verge and not get infected with Revergence, and other animals can have a template in some of those same ones? So this was on my mind too. I didn't have an answer, but I was like, I know it'll be something to talk about. Um, is it? Is it just again? Because we've talked about how revergence and the the natural iliaster that is found in all things, mm-hmm. it responds to perception, right? And maybe animals don't have a perception; they just are. Right. Well, it's just the world they live in. That was, just, was my overall. They don't. So I had thought of this earlier, like I said, and that was my thinking. I was like, I'm just assuming a lot of wild creatures just plain live there, and they don't think. So maybe they're not. Yeah. So because they're not sentient, they're not. Well, they're not. not, They don't have conscience or conscious. A conscious effect on themselves. Right. So then that would make revergence something that's unique to intelligent creatures Mm -hmm. and not belittling the intelligence of the natural animal in the verge, um, but that have enough intelligence to think about revergence. Right. They need to be able to understand the concept. Right. And by understanding the concept, then they can basically and, and even now so happen. so technically a slither shadow we had just now we haven't officially made a slither shadow something susceptible to revergence correct they're an insect they have a very so low then intelligence. If we, you know so we could make that rule so know. maybe the revergence template is something we reserve for natural creature creatures in the verge maybe that template is a reflection of here's a natural creature mm-hmm. who for some reason stumbled upon an, an an unusually large amount of iliaster. Right. Maybe they well, fell into an iliaster well and crawled their way out, and even they couldn't overcome just that raw. Right. Um, I mean, if there's yeah perception I, I, from everything on the planet that affected it. Yeah, I like that. I like. Um, I really like the idea of. Um, and this just came to me as we were talking, but like like Esterox cryptids. Mm-hmm. actually end up being formed by the people like there's a bigfoot there oh. and it gets worse and worse as it goes Absolutely. because everyone believes there's a bigfoot out there that's a fantastic idea yeah i love totally it cool. not only is it in, in the movie, movie it's, it's in, in the, the movie, movie. <laughs> um so that's fantastic which would also just just now just coming out of my brain yeah so right fresh out of my brain hole yeah. um so that would mean that people who are exploring the verge searching for iliaster Places mm-hmm. to sink Iliaster wells yeah. would be specifically looking for the most dangerous creatures in the Verge yeah. because they would be the things that would be found near the well. Yeah. Oh, well, That'd there was cool. a sighting of a whole bunch of mutated uh, slither shadows and the size like, of buildings. They're like, go. we're going there. Yeah. That Because that both makes sense, Yeah. doesn't make sense, Yes. and is a perfect tool for writing an adventure. Right. Well, yeah. we've got to go where the danger is it's because that's hook. where the the risk reward ratio is highest. And very, um, at least on Earth, sentient life form type of choice Just they would the make. Just the kind of stupid thing people yeah, do exactly. when they're greedy. I right? always think of the Simpsons episode where the first one where they did the Rosebud episode. Did you watch Simpsons way back in the day? No. So they had this yeah. great ro- the episode where they did like Mr. Burns and Rosebud. And they it shows these guys in Antarctica and they're gathering ice out of... Um, 
uh, icebergs, right? And they're okay. cracking these banks and they're, they're lugging them across and they're lo- people are dying. And then you follow the ice all the way until it gets to the quick stop. And what they've been doing is getting ice for the, you know, the giant ice things out front. And they're like, we have to figure out a better way to get ice. We lost four men on this expedition. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what that makes me think of is this, nobody does, nobody does that for ice. But if that was the only way to get something like ice, a luxury item, I feel like we still would. Sure. Especially species. if there are people that can be exploited. Yeah, they're like, we it. lost like four people on this expedition. There's got to be a better But better I have way. a Slurpee now. Right, exactly. That's the overall thing. Is that the joke? Basically? Yeah, that's essentially, that's kind of the, essentially the joke is that, at least to me, at least that's how I always took it, where it's like, we'll do anything dumb. It doesn't seem like a good idea. Well, there you go. You know? See, by coming up with our some of our monster lore, we've right. expanded the world lore. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, that was, yeah, like, that all happened here. Yep. You watched it or listened to it happen live, people. All right. So when we come back to the Revergence template and, uh, you know, the or the Savage template or whatever we call it, it can be natural creatures or beasts Mm -hmm. that are exposed to Iliaster. So one of the things we should put on our TBD is that when that happens, it will officially change their type from beast to monstrosity. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the difference. You can have a lot of fun with it because I was just thinking about, uh, I definitely play a lot with the, you know, kids' imagination. And the stuff that maybe they put on their family dog mm-hmm. all of a sudden now, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. There's a lot, there's a of, lot dangers. of cool, dangerous There's also going to be a happen. lot of cool philosophical ideas that are going to arise from don't yeah. think something too much because you might make it happen. Right. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So back to our, back to the, the, the chores. Okay. Yeah. The chores. <laughs> Almost. Either way. Yes. Mr. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the chores course razor cat whatever whatever yeah um is a natural it's a beast that's what i mean we can say right now it's a beast yeah yeah we know so you described it as having um armor that it can like bristle and it actually becomes sharp yeah well i saw um my cat res- responding to our new dog uh, and you know it puffed his arched up his back and you know we've seen cats do a million times like it wouldn't it be interesting if that actually had a not a just a purely intimidation, which is what a cat's going for, but like maybe mm-hmm. it actually creates, like solidifies. It makes some form of armor, you know, some type of reaction. I just thought it was neat. Well, we can definitely come up with something mechanical for that. It could be either, it could be something used to explain like a higher armor class, right? or it could be an ability that it could do. Sure. Um, maybe it trades off movement for armor class. Sure. Um, yeah, just it was just something I just imagined would be kind of neat if that was. And I will admit that as I'm sitting here thinking about this, I'm thinking about fighting and killing one. I'm not thinking about it as a mount. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know personally. I feel like you want it. You want to first come up with the concept of the creature before people were exploiting right. the creature, sure, or forming a relationship that is symbiotic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or exploiting, exploiting right. however you want to see it. So if you were fighting, if you know the first people to venture out and find one of these things, and it mm-hmm. tries, to, and it's like they're like, ooh, we're gonna we're gonna eat that. Yeah. And it's like, you think you are. Right. So they're going to be fast. Yep. Um, they're going to have, they're a cat, so I'm assuming they're going to have a claw and a bite attack. Sure. Yeah. So they have an ability to make, to have blades. So they're going to have a blade attacks of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like they're a gonna, charge. Yep. A charge mm-hmm. would be cool. They have some sort of, especially if they have like a rhino horn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have some sort of an, an armorish thing they can do. Yeah. Are they going to have any magical abilities? What do you think? Well, if we want to, no, right? I mean, if we want to keep it, though, didn't you have something where they, they would dig their claws and it, it wasn't it with these that you said somebody dig their claws and they would leave like a Iliaster? Well, that was a revergent monster idea. Oh, okay. So it was a revergent. Okay. 
Um, um, something that literally, like when it swipes with its claws, it leaves behind a I'm, miasma of I would mutation. say leave them as natural right now because we're still technically working through how the whole reversion thing works. Okay. And if we try to apply it to a monster before we kind of have mm-hmm. it. I want to give it some cool stuff that moves it beyond just, well, why don't you just reskin a, a lion or a okay. jaguar from the monster manual? Which we'll look at that as well. Yeah, because this is be obviously going to be larger right. than, this is larger, I mean, you, you picture this the size of a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like, was it Mattel or Hasbro with the with the Battle Cat from He Man? Because it was really the lion from another toy. It's Mattel. Line. It was it Mattel, Mattel because um, remember Barbie tried to uh, capitalize. Oh, that's right. And they tried, and that's why they brought in people from the Barbie division to create She-Ra, and then there was the whole debate about you're ruining He Man by making She-Man, by She-Ra. making She-Ra. Yeah. Though I, as a a youth of that age, I liked She-Ra as well. Yeah. She-Ra had way better lore than He Man. Much more developed. <laughs> <laughs> they really did and a far more fun hook where you had to look for the little rainbow guy some people will get that right. reference but they hit I him don't. in every episode oh did they yeah and then he was the guy that gave you your lesson so that they weren't selling you something they the were more you know he was that guy like okay. at the end he goes in today's episode Shira needed to find the blah 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 but in order to do it she needed to ask friends friends can be helpful and asking you know they did that in a lot of oh, those. Oh, yeah. Well, that was how they justified their guilt. Somebody somewhere in this process felt like If we don't have some sort of morality element to this, it's, what's the point? Right. And the social-emotional learning after the capitalistic toy cartoon. Right. They did the best they could. And knowing is half out. the battle. And knowing Go is Joe! Which is, exactly. Which I really only now have been fully supplanted by Fensler films. Have you seen the pie chart joke where it says knowing is half the battle and the half the pie chart is knowing? <laughs> and then the other half is split equally between red lasers and blue lasers that's it's it's true that's how you know the difference um all right so we have a large horse or larger Mm -hmm. sized wild cat with razor blade fur protrusions that it can control because otherwise every rider would be in a very uncomfortable spot the first time it got yeah i'm assuming it's going to need a saddle when it's yeah a low one i'm picturing some type of low because you have to yeah. Because you have to protect yourself from getting impaled every time it gets excited. And well, and it goes through a tree. Yeah. You know, because you have to almost ride, almost like a cockpit. Oh, yeah. Is, you got to like, like you're riding like a Kawasaki. You yeah. Something. Right exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Because you're low. Yeah. All right. Um, it's going to have the horns. Gonna, it's going to climb. It's going to be able to climb. Yep. Yep. I think it should be able to hide really well. Yeah. It should definitely be like fast and fast and stealthy, but also strong. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if we're going to go ahead and make it an apex natural predator, then yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. have to really have advantages over every over other things. Let's give it something. Let's give it a cool, let's give it, let's come up with some kind of a cool hook. Okay. Let's come up with some kind of, just something. I mean, the, the, the spiky armor is cool, but they should be able to do, should they be able to throw the spikes? Should they be okay, able to? something like that. All right. Um, I don't have anything right now, but it'll Oh, come on. We're, we, we can do this. We okay. can do this. Everyone something wants cool. to listen to our dead air. All right. That they won't actually hear because I'll cut it out. Oh, well, if you do that, I can't cut it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let me think. All right. They could shoot their, shoot their spiky hair. Okay. Maybe something with their tail. Well, because if you think about it, that's like one of the, um, what is it? The, the, uh, I'm going to say cockatrice, but it's not cockatrice. Chimera. Mm -hmm. In Monster Manual, the Chimera can shoot thorns from its tail. Yep. Um, what about, can they purposely choose, to leave one of their things in an impaled victim. Leave, oh, can they break off? Yeah, they could. They could because like, it's like keratin. It's horn. Yeah, because they have really an adaptation to break it off and leave it in somebody. Because then that's one more problem. That would be a special ability it could do. 
But would, I do like the something out of the And it would have a trade-off. So like they break it off and it would do something, but then they would lose one of their attacks with it or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, to escape. Uh, I do like, I don't hate the tail thing actually. Um, well, if it has the ability to turn its hair into razor-like protrusions, it should definitely be able to make a slashing attack with its tail. Yeah. And if it flicks its tail just the right way, it might be able to send razor blades shooting. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay. Um, because it's because right now all I can think of is it's a little bit like a porcupine. Yeah, Pork. I mean it's not a little bit of a porcupine. It. Yeah. Um, and so okay, so we got a big cat. It's climbing through the trees. It's bristling and forming up thorns. It's attacking. It's charging. It's shoving its shoulder blades into things and snapping them off and clawing and flinging them left and right. Maybe it should right. have some sort of ability to bite and fling things. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. It should be able to pin things down. Um. So it could, should be able to pin. Uh. Well, it'd be kind of neat if it literally pins you. Yeah, it literally, like, like it, it pins you. Oh, maybe that's yeah. what it does with its shoulder blade. It, it, it rams it, it into it a tree, and breaks it off, knows that you're and you're trapped. Stuck. Maybe and even tackles you from low, impales you up higher, so you don't have the right purchase. Whoa, that'd be cool. Yeah, and that's what makes them kind of scary. That's why they like the trees because they can pin you there and leave you there and eat you at their leisure. Yeah, except they don't do that because I made them. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know. They still have to be dangerous. I know, I get it. I, I don't I just I, I just felt like a natural path to domestication would be that they're kind of like dolphins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody Not was dolphins. in the 80s nobody was afraid of dolphins, you know. You, they nobody, should be. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> <laughs> So I see them. So I I'm coming at this seeing them as more dangerous because I, then I, I think and I get then it. I yes, think they should be. Well, okay, well, so let's look at it like this. How rare are they as mounts? Are they a common mount? Or are they a rare mount? Because in my head, I'll tell you, I'll just be honest, I was picturing them as something that was rare. This is like mm-hmm. mid, not high level, because I know like the disappointment with your Drake Drake right. Wardens who can only ride their dragon right. at 15th level. But like... Well, I could, I, I could, so part of me, very pack, back of my mind, kind of pictured the idea that maybe they're, um, maybe there are some that are bred huge. Can like Joe the Blacksmith like, buy one and ride it around? No. Okay. No. I, I wouldn't, I, I didn't want to make them, I didn't want to make them too unattainable. but. I, I kind of like the idea that yes, you could potentially, but yours isn't really dangerous. Yours is yours is gunpowder. So the day to day, you know, gunpowder from Sleepy Hollow, right? It's the boring. Oh, it's the boring base horse. So there's there's more basic ones, but then there are some that are maybe bred to be larger and larger, and that's more of like your pack horse style. Okay, like a Clydesdale style. I I at least today was picturing them fully integrated into society to some extent but then there's war horse versions mm-hmm. are there one are do they exist as mounts in point reach because i didn't see well okay. no i didn't see them being a preferred thing in point reach because point reach still has this that's still that's just a little too vergy for them mm-hmm. they appreciate them as what they do elsewhere like i didn't see them going around so yeah but i always picture them more on you know in a place like point reach above the verge you know, getting around in completely different ways. Right. The more know. the arcane punk stuff. Right. Exactly. Like the arcane type stuff. So then clockworky type stuff. So there are there are courses <laughs> in in uh last call. Yeah. Um which might be like tended but I again tended mostly by druids and rangers. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. Okay. Because you're going to have to, somebody with a, an affinity for the earth is going to have a better chance, mm-hmm. you know, again, because it is still an animal. Right. Because I, I just, again, personally, philosophically, mm-hmm. this is a dangerous world. So even yeah. the mounts should be dangerous. Okay. It should be like a, I know, and that's just my opinion. Just yeah. my opinion. Like armpits, everyone's got one. And they mm-hmm. all stink. So 
my opinion, like this world, the whole point of this world is it's savage and dangerous. Okay. So maybe they found those cats and they're like, holy, holy smokes, you know, that's, those things are scary. Mm-hmm. And then over time, maybe that's when like, well, I got a, I got a pup. I don't know right. if they have pup or a kitten. Right. Um, a foal. Or I believe, <laughs> yeah, yes. No, Wait, or I believe. A coal. It's a kitten foal. There you go. See? The, the, these names write themselves. They do. And then they raised it, and that was the first one to realize that they could be domesticated, and then right. they started creating more domesticated ones. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, I know that with the domesticated dog, it was actually wild versions of wolves that were inherently more docile that approached man first. Okay. They started to live around them on their own. We never got the bright idea to just grab one, apparently. Um Apparently, some just kind of wandered in because, you know, like you, you have dogs, I have dogs. There's an easy meal. I'm going to show up. I guess that was, that would have developmentally, there's a, there's a generally, it's generally accepted the belief that it was more likely just like how your dog shows up when they smell something good. The original wolves that eventually became domesticated animals mm-hmm. showed up around the fire because it smelled like you had something good. Um, but the ones that did that were inherently, they, they're thinking maybe hormonally just, you know, say less testosterone, whatever a wolf, I presume. There, there's a belief that they were basically already inherently outsiders in wolf culture anyway. Okay. And so they drove, you know, they, they, they were, maybe they even rejected potentially from the pack for whatever reason. And so they were looking for a meal and then we kept them and then we were able to, you know, over time breed different qualities. And- so maybe the, maybe the courses are intelligent enough to recognize that there was a benefit. Right. At least in part. Mm-hmm. I do think encountering them wild in the verge should still be a dangerous thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm totally for that. Okay, yes. cool. Yep. All right. So, hey, this reminds me of something. What, what, what could it possibly write? Something specific? Or No, it's quite random. Oh, really? Yes. It's a... <laughs> we, we're going to have the sound effect? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to insert the sound effect. Okay, just insert it. Here. Random encounter. Wow. Wasn't that awesome? Oh, my God. I'm looking everywhere. I'm feeling in danger right now. This is very <laughs> random. <laughs> Listen, any kind of encounter. It's could the happen. holiday break. It is. Daddy's gonna play with sound effects. Sure. So, I didn't mean that to sound as sensual as it. <laughs> I apologize to all my babies at home. There you go. Yeah, that did it. <laughs> um. So I want to talk a little bit about endangered species. Okay. So in our world, mm-hmm. through uh, in the world, usually through sometimes through natural events. But most of the time through human intervention in okay. the world, we kill things beyond the point that they continue to exist. Yeah. We do this all the time. Um, yeah. Well. It's uh, been done. It's been done a lot. The you know? Russian tiger. There's and a, dodos. A tiger that and the Russians whatever. literally knew full well what they were doing and eliminated. The exactly. Crimean tiger, it's called. That's They literally, in recorded memory, knew exactly what they were doing and just eliminated them all. I, you could see my face. I know. Doing it on accident's kind of one thing. And You know, a couple hundred years ago, people were pretty dumb. They might sure. not have understood. <laughs> sure. They're like, but the dodo is delicious. What yeah. do you mean? I can't. can't. It's like uh, the episode of Dinosaurs. Okay, which one? Okay. Yeah, well, I see, definitely is know this Dinosaurs, deep... but which... Did you watch the show? Oh, yeah. There was an episode of the Dinosaurs... Where there was two endangered creatures. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were the last ones. Mm-hmm. And the episode explained to people what it meant to be an endangered species. They uses grapes. He's like, yeah. here, eat these grapes. Well, there's no more grapes. Well, just go get more. No, those were the last grapes. Yeah. And the best part about the episode is the two creatures are intelligent. They talk, if I'm remembering they correctly. They did. They were 
as smart as anything and else. And then the yeah. all the whole family learns the lesson. Oh, we're not going to kill them. They're the last two. And then like the fat cat bad guy dinosaur just ate them. Yeah. That was this a show dark was show. A, it, was it was so dark. Depressing. I mean, you saw the final episode, right? I don't remember it. The final episode. I remember they all die, right? Yeah, they're they're buried under ash and they die hugging each other. Man. So it's the family hugging Elf one another. Elf gets taken away by the CIA. Yeah. But at least the that came back. Dinosaurs die. They it's they a... went back to Elf though. But oh, did Elf they? though? Yeah, they did the TV movies. They handled that. I'm sure it was amazing. But um, yeah. So the the dinosaur family is the last image is them hugging in a big warm family embrace, being covered in ash. That's how they ended that show. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs) That's all anyone cared about was little baby going, not the mama. Not the mama. Exactly. Well, you know, that was always, that show had a lot of, anybody who hasn't watched dinosaurs from, would that have been the 90s? Early 90s. Late 90s, early 90s. Mid 90s? Probably mid 90s. Yeah. I mean, I feel like mid 90s. It's making it, it was Jim Henson, but 30 years old. Yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty dark and it had some good humor in it. Very good jokes at times when Junior was just like, I don't even know why I'm doing school. Like everything we do is, BC or, or every year gets to be a lower number. I mean, what are we counting up to? Or something <laughs> like, what are we counting down to? Like, it's very funny. Or the episode where they're going to get, he gets to ritualistically murder his mother in law. Yeah. And then they change the, then they go on to change. They will, just because we've always doesn't always done it this way doesn't mean we should continue to do it this way. Yeah. Now I'm really thinking that Dinosaurs was a pretty progressive thinking well, show. I, I, was, I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder what would have happened if we could have launched something like that now. First of all, it would have been animated. I don't it would have been animated. Yeah. And it would have been criticized for being too woke yeah potentially that's good though yeah but interesting yeah so it, anyway it, it, as, as charming as it sounds they die um slowly freezing right. to death well that wasn't the point of the random encounter <laughs> although it is the random encounter so <laughs> it can this go is our place I to want. do that yeah. but no so endangered species are there endangered species on Astarok? i don't know how relevant that is is it well uh, the whole point of a random encounter is that is we're just trying to mm. it's an exercise right this is an exercise yeah if we think about it this way, does it change any of the ways we're thinking? About I would say else? probably not, because I, I'm honestly I've never ever thought of D and D and thought about an endangered species ever. No, but D and D has a different structure. Sure. Um, boy, I don't know. I I, I don't think so. So but like, it does make city- sense in something that's cut off from everything else. You know, right? Arguably, you could. Maybe, you know, in D&D, you're not going to run out of, say, unicorns. You could just import them from another plane. Sure. But so, you can't in this one. What I was thinking is, because there there is an essential element, as much as we are trying to make it not mm-hmm. colonialism the game, Yeah, there's an element where people are trying to settle in right. this place. Right. That is a natural, savage, uh, untamed world. Mm-hmm. And by that act in the real world, led to wiping out of species of plants and animals. Yeah. Is that something that we should take into account? Just Maybe just keeping it in the back of our head philosophically as the people expand into the verge. Did they tame chorses? Mm-hmm. Because as they settled last call, they took a natural habitat of chorses. Right. And drove them deeper into the verge. Do we create, by settling at the edges of the verge and pushing the wild creatures away deeper in, mm-hmm. is that forcing them to then interact more with Iliaster, forming more savage versions. And then the savage versions wipe out the rest of the non-savage versions. Oh, so we are we creating cascade creating effects? Invasive species. Yes. Um I've never thought about it. Also but I guess okay. Oh no keep, keep well, I mean, I'm, at the same time there's nothing saying you can't make that an element. What about invasive species? You just brought that up. Well, maybe there was a critter that was on the ships and mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the rabbits on Australia. Right, and nothing is, yeah, I mean, these are all, 
these are all things that can certainly be a part of it. And I see no reason to expressly forbid them, mm-hmm. but it just never. Well, I'm just sitting here wondering, like, mind. would it, would it create a more rich tapestry of lore for the game? Well, it, when you to make it more real, when you say it, the the thing that it triggers the most in me is assuming that this just creates it's an additional um, flashpoint between you know uh, folks in the verge and folks mm-hmm. who live up on the colossal expanse. Right. You know, it's another thing. Like I know you want more of this stuff, but it, if we keep getting that, you know, our verge wardens say there's an owl. Always the owl is the example. <laughs> there's an owl that you know, as Brendan Lee Mulligan always likes to say, it's nature's slowest bird. <laughs> right. So you know, there's an owl that nests here, and the verge wardens don't see it somewhere else. You know, I guess. I suppose it could be another, you know, something obviously probably cooler than that. Right. But, you know, it it certainly is a decent enough story hook if it's a story you want to tell. Well, when creating a story and creating story hooks and creating Mm -hmm. a world for DMs to create in, is that something that would be useful to them? Is that something that would help them make the world feel more alive? Well, like with all things, you know, I just say potentially. Okay. You know, I I definitely don't like the idea of just saying, no, I I don't like the idea of hand-waving that idea away. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't like the idea of going, eh, there's no ex- endangered species. We don't have time for that. No, I mean, it's it's conceivable. All right. Um, but it seems more plot-based than outright world. You know what will happen now that we've talked about it? Next thing, I'll just start. Uh, it will cross my mind, and I'll throw it into some other course idea. Well, that's the point of a random encounter. Yeah. So, you know, probably. And it's like, again, just as long as we don't hand wave it away and expressly forbid it, it's cool with me. Cool. So I guess that is a thing. Yeah, I was trying to could. I was trying to think about I was I was imagining like again, exploring, running an exploration campaign or something mm-hmm. in the verge and having them come across like you find the skeleton, you know, the skeletal remains of some creature. You've never seen anything like it. You've never right. no one maybe the maybe the the academy at Farpoint mm-hmm. Point Reach. I got gosh it right. darn it. I got it right. The Academy at Point Reach. I almost I almost played with calling it um the city of Point Reach with Farpoint University. Oh, and then maybe meeting in the middle. Stop. Maybe they have the skeleton of some creatures in amber, but no one's ever been able to find them anywhere else. Oh, well, you know, okay, so then if we're, are we still in Random Encounter? We're we? still in okay, Random so Encounter. So, I mean, we do have a cataclysmic storm. Well, that's what I was wondering. At the, at the root, it had to have wiped out some stuff. Or maybe completely. the giants wiped some things out. Because yeah. if the giants represent a hubris, Mm-hmm. That then, well, then they definitely did, yeah. Yeah, then they maybe they wiped out a bunch of different creatures. Sure, that seems reasonable. And then, because here's what I was thinking: Have you ever seen the illustrations of what people used to think dinosaurs looked like based just on the bones? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so when we started discovering dinosaur bones and we didn't have full dinosaur skeletons, right? Artists and scientists tried to come up with what they thought they would look like. They're hysterical. Oh. They're they didn't hysterical. make them cool. Then they, then they, I just always assume they just made up dragons from them. It was, it was, it's, it's so funny because well, funny joke, Satan. <laughs> Put those bones in the ground, fooled everyone. The the idea being that maybe our people find skeletons from the time of the giants mm-hmm. that they can't find any living examples of such creatures, and now they imagine what they looked like. And then do they apply the? Does it become a thing now? That's what I'm okay, getting yeah. at. Yeah. Now wouldn't that's that be all, cool? Yeah, that would be cool. And maybe that's where some of our cryptids come from. Like, sure. Have you seen? Oh yeah, cryptids for sure. Have you seen the skeletons that they found in amber? They're at the university. Yeah. Can you imagine what those things would look like? Don't do that. Right. Don't you know, imagine. I also like to imagine, by the way, that Point Reach gets attacked by giant bird things. 
They okay. should that should be the one thing that they have to deal with is flying creatures. Giant bird things. From the mountains. So they're stony like, burns. They're stony. Do they have leathery wing? Well, no, they have stony burn. They're stony they're birds. They're all stone. They're stoned birds. Okay. They're like, man, why are you here in the I was city? gonna say that's the kind that could fly. <laughs> they're all pumice based. Exactly. <laughs> the exfoliraptor. Exactly. There you go. That's we'll throw out this thing. T B D, everyone. Yeah, T B D the exfoliator. The exfoliator raptor. raptor. Yeah. The exfoliator raptor. Yeah. Everyone runs Rolls out. off the tongue. Everyone tries to jump on its back and fall <laughs> off on purpose. <laughs> All right. Yep. Random encounter concluded. All right. There's no sound effect for that. Oh. Sorry. Done. Okay, cool. Even sword sheathing. All right. So we've got some concept. We've got some story for our cat. Let's yep. talk a little bit about mechanics. We got about 10 minutes. Okay. So let's start with... Well, I mean, so if we go through... Like, once again, as always, I am using Paul Hughes' work. Um mm-hmm. A combination of his information from the blog of holding, Monster Manual on a Business Card, the one-page version, and his chapter on customizing or creating Monstrous monsters. Menagerie, is that? Yeah. That is, uh, in today's episode of Sly Flourish podcast, his um, book of the year. It's it is it's phenomenal. his favorite book. He said it. He said technically it was published in twenty one, um, but he used it all twenty twenty two. He said it is the book of the year. He That's said amazing. It is his favorite thing. So it's one of my favorite things as well. Mm-hmm. So I. I I know he. I know he cares deeply about whether or not I agree he does. With him. He does. He does. I'm sure. But in his, in the monstrous menagerie, there will be a link in the show notes. Buy a copy of this book, and the appendix C is called mm-hmm. Designing Monsters, and we can just follow right along with it. Yeah. And step one, the monster's story. Okay. So hey, we I mean, did, did that. a fair amount. Yeah. Step two is determine the challenge rating. Okay. Okay. So challenge rating for a mount. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there's another book. Yes, I'm going to pull out the monster manual, and I'm going to flip to the, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the animals. A riding horse, well, a riding horse is only CR quarter. A saber-toothed tiger is a challenge two. A rhinoceros is a challenge two. What's like a... A polar bear is a challenge two. So... So we want higher than two. I think we do want higher than two, because they're better than those. Exactly, that's the point. They're way better than those. They can kick those things butt. Yeah. So do we want to... Well... I don't know. Okay, because I was, I, I'm thinking. Five. Where do they put dinosaurs? Well, let me look. You you fill in the silence while I okay, look. Okay, so or we can cut out the silence. It Ready? I mean, you're just gonna be able to find it. It's, it's dinosaurs. Are dinosaurs? So here? I mean, I guess what's well, it's weird because D and D sometimes treats them as animals, like a dinosaur is just another animal. That's I believe that is exactly what they do. However, I mean, because I'm thinking, I don't of, see dinosaurs in here. Let me check the monstrous menagerie for. Yeah, dinosaurs. we'll go with them. Because Since he did, was it six hundred monsters in that thing? Yeah, there's. It's all the OGL monsters, and then a whole bunch of other monsters that he created. So D I J D I. No, I don't see dinosaurs in here either. I mean, dinosaurs are all. No, wait. Dire Tyrannosaurus Rex Elite. See Tyrannosaurus. Oh, that's Rex. an elite. Okay, we'll see Tyrannosaurus. Well, let's go see the Tyrannosaurus. Oh, that's how they don't have them as dinosaurs. They, they have, have them as, as their individual names. things. So, what would be the most analogous dinosaur? Maybe there's that. Um, I can only. I was thinking maybe a little closer to a raptor. They have velociraptors. All right, we're gonna look. Yeah. The sound of flipping pages. Right. No, they don't. So we're gonna look up a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ninety-two. Monstrous Menagerie, page ninety-two. A Tyrannosaurus Rex is CR. Yeah. See, they have eight. eight. Wow, that's pretty high, though. That's pretty high. So, well, if I mean, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, it's also ginormous, it's way bigger. Right? Yeah. So, if a Tyrannosaurus Rex is an eight, and a rhinoceros and a saber-toothed tiger are a two, I'm comfortable with five. Yeah, five seems right. Five yeah, seems exactly where a battle cat should a be. A little over the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Step two, step three. We're going to customize our capa- uh, capabilities. 
So this is languages, senses, skills, saving throws, proficiency, movement forms, and traits that we think it should possess. So we've already said, like, it's going to be good at hiding. It's mm-hmm. going to be fast. Yep. It's going to be, um, uh, it's going to have a boosted armor class because of its razor. It's probably going to have a climb speed. Yeah, it's going to have a considerable climb speed. Um, let's see here. Is it going to have any immunities? Should it have a resistance to poison damage because of everything in the Verge is poisonous? Should it? Is it? So, all right. So I'm just thinking here it is running, whipping through the, uh, whipping through the Verge, cutting, creating. Could it have a, is it too much to give it a resistance to piercing or slashing? Well, if it's covered in an armor. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, here's, here's one of the things that we could do. Mm. So specifically if we design it using um the monstrous menagerie style yeah those are i call them advanced 5e style mm-hmm. designs yeah. they tend to have things that take effect at bloodied which is not in the monster manual it's right. not in the ogl right so like at half hit points they do this they do xyz so we could theoretically do something where once it hits bloodied it like permanently juts out all of its stuff which then gives it resistance to bludgeoning piercing and slashing damage because it's puffed it out its armor it. but it oh, slows yeah. down itself okay that's so actually maybe, cool. But that's like an effect of it being bloodied. And also it would be cool because that's the point at which you don't want to be riding as a mount anymore. Yeah. Like, okay, my cat's taking too much damage. I have to get off. Yeah, that'd it's be about fun. To, it's about to go. Well, you know, I, I also rate these in my mind as thinking of uh, Todd's reaction. Right. Like Todd in combat, if we were fighting and he'd be like, oh, no, I could just see his reaction <laughs> across the table if all of a sudden it just went all full spiky. Yep. Yeah, that'd be fun. So it's going to be fast, so it's going to have a movement of above 30, obviously, mm-hmm. probably yeah. more like in the 40 or 50 range. Again, we could probably compare it to we'll compare it to similar a, creature. a similar creature. Um, does it, it doesn't speak. I'm nope. assuming it doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, does it have... It definitely needs dark vision. Of course. It has to have dark vision. Right. Unlike the cat in the monster manual, the course will have dark vision. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. We've got that. We've mm-hmm. got that nailed down. Now we get to do the fun stuff which is combat statistics. And we're not going to do too many combat statistics because we are going to run on time, but this will be the bulk of what we talk about in our next episode right? when we go through some more of the nitty-gritty details. Yeah, people get the heads up the, there. Yeah, this is the heads up. The next episode will be chores math. Right. <laughs> the, the calculus of the horny cat. Yeah. Um, so... Armor and as class. always, if anyone has a name idea, yeah, feel please, free to please, for the love us. of love of Pete, send us something on Instagram or Twitter to the course and course and all these are perfect merch thing. Yeah, sure they are. <laughs> um, what I want to know is if we can get Rowan to do some initial sketch art. Sure, just something, nothing perfect, nothing mm-hmm. done, just based on what we've talked about. What do they visualize it as? Because I love, yeah, and they have time because I love their artistic yeah, vision. They're so. under the weather at the moment, but they have time, so so. Yeah. Even if it's just like a quick and dirty, mm-hmm. no filled in stat- sketch. Yeah. Um, if we do get something like that, we'll post it in the Instagram with this episode. So just let's go. Th- I'm going to go down this like I did with our, our Slither Shadow. I'm going to go mm-hmm. down the CR5 line. Okay. The CR5 line, that means if it's a challenge rating five. So here, if I use the, uh, the letters, you go ahead and tell the folks at home okay. what it stands for. So the CR. Challenge rating. A, of, a, of a level five creature. It's uh, AC armor class of 14 which we'll probably want to boost right is my guess uh hit points sorry hp hit points that's 90 fine. see that's gonna be my problem so armor class and, and this is now almost exclusively for aaron who thought this maybe this was how hard you are to hit armor yeah, class. Came in, how hard you are to get through somebody the yeah. higher the number the harder you are to hit the harder you are to hit yeah so 14 is is not terrible but nope. it's not great either right 90 hit points um mm-hmm. i feel like 
will probably boost that as well. Yeah. I, again, I sort of feel like all the creatures on Estrak are a little bit, just a little bit tougher. Right. Yep. Proficiency bonus of plus three, which basically is like proficiency bonus for, again, our listeners who don't know, is how good it is at everything yeah. that it's good at doing. Yeah, exactly. Just so, how good is it? At the stuff it's good at. Yeah. I know really that's, that. that clears up absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, a ability bonus of plus four. So it means its best ability is going to be somewhere in the uh, 17, 18 range, mm-hmm. which means that when you combine its proficiency bonus with its highest ability bonus for an attack, you're going to be looking at seven plus yeah. seven. Pretty pretty easy for it to hit. Yep. Relatively. It's going to get two attacks per round. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those will, of course, obviously be multi-attack. Right. Um, or it'll have the multi-attack action and it'll be able to take two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to do about 30 points of damage per round. Yeah, uh, that's. <laughs> I want it to be higher than that. Well, it's, a, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, you know, again, that's what playtesting's for. So no, yeah. I wouldn't get to. Maybe I mean, we, if you want to go and, high and maybe play we it to a lower, six. I don't yeah. know. Um, it's easiest save DC. This is always the one that no one can pull on. Wait, wait, wait. DC is difficulty <laughs> check. <laughs> difficulty class. Class. Isn't it class? Difficulty class. Yeah. We'll check. Either way, same damn thing. Really. I know. Yeah. Um, that's how hard it is. Uh. For something to avoid its abilities, mm-hmm. uh, its easy one is fourteen. Its hard DC is fifteen, and it's worth about eighteen hundred experience points that no one nowadays uses. Because you know, I just saw a thing um, with um, Matt Mercer going on about experience points and how great they are in one of those interviews with uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan and Dimension Twenty. Oh, he likes the experience points. Apparently, apparently, Critical Role must use experience points because he feels it's a real way to quantify your successes. It literally says they use milestone leveling. Oh well, that's funny. But then now, he again, uses the real milestone leveling, where it's based on story points that have to happen, and those story points happen, they level up. Okay. Well, it's funny because I'll, I'll have to send you the. It's like a reel that I saw where he's going on about how great experience points are. They're a mathematical. Um, they're mathematically showing your achievements. I have used to play in a game where we tr- I tracked my experience points. So did I. What and a pain in the butt. I hated it's it. accounting. And I hate it as a dungeon master more than anything. As sure. a dungeon master. It's it, one more thing. It's one more thing to keep track of. And instead, what I can do is I can go, you fight what you fight. And when it's time to level up, it's time to level up. Right. It makes more sense to have it follow a story theme yeah. anyway. But as long as you as the as long as you as the dungeon master are trusted by your players to level them up appropriately, then I don't see a problem. I, I think milestone leveling is far superior. Oh well, I, yeah. I mean as a player it's better. It's what I mean, it's already a, a hobby word that one comedian said. It's you know, it's a W two for an orc. Right. And the last thing I need is actually to process the W two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so it's like I don't need to see how much it made before taxes. Right. But all right, so that gives us that gives us a good baseline. We've got some good lore. Yeah. We've got a good concept. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a, all of our stats that we want to throw this out. But I think that that's all of our time for today. Yeah. All right. We got a lot done. So thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. For more information or to peruse the latest drafts of our creation, please visit our website at www.fourthpillarofplay. All spelled out. Where you can also like, follow, or message us on Twitter or Instagram. Thank you again, and we look forward to creating more with you. Yep. Have a good one. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>